0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock, because wow. wow. Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship.
0: Well, welcome, one. Welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes Podcast. This is the voice of Jeremy Gillen. And it is the season of interviews. We have our and will continue to collect the voices of Red Raider alumni and friends of the pod to chime in about their experiences as student athletes, as warriors, and believers in the Scarlet and Black. On today's episode, we're bringing in a special voice with deep roots here in West Texas, not only a graduate of Lubbock Monterey, but also a Texas Tech baseball alum who has played under the tutelage of Coach Ashby and then Coach Hayes. Now kind of making himself present in a lot of places around the Texas Tech ether. You might recognize his voice from Texas Tech TV or on the call for Texas Tech Baseball. This is Mike Goose. Oh, man. I already, I already. (laughs) Uh, Give it to me, Mike. How are you you doing today? How would you pronounce your last name for everybody like me who looks at it and thinks one thing, but it's actually the other?
1: (laughs) Mike Gustafson. There you go, Mike Guster's Easy said. enough, and Mike, that's why it, that's why it morphs easily to Gus.
0: Gus. So this is uh, wait. So just Mike Gus, or you just want Gus? Just Gus. Let's mine, just yeah. do Gus. Gus, how are you doing today, my man?
1: I'm good. It's all good. It's uh, it's uh, it's the weekend. Never a complaint there.
0: Right. Even as temperatures climb up into the 120s out here on the South Plains.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. That's right. But uh, there's there's uh other than a little there's no work to be done that's good
0: love that we love the summers here less college students less lines at restaurants a lot of yard work uh, let me ask you this Gus <laughs> what is your official title man like somebody comes up to, I feel like you wear a lot of hats somebody comes uh, up to you on the street and they say hey what do you do what's your gut response
1: well, kind of. It really kind of depends on the context. If I was walking the streets of Omaha or in a college baseball context, I would talk about being the president and CEO of College Baseball Foundation. And there's a little bit of that this time of year, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, I, I, this week, uh, two days ago, I started. Uh, I guess as the successor to Chris Level if there if it's possible to be a, <laughs> if it's possible to follow Chris Level he tweeted the other day like hey man you know AD Gus 26 you know you guys good luck on the show cuz he finished a 17 year run of local local sports talk radio well, I guess on Tuesday and and, uh, you know, wished, wished me well, specifically. Of course, he'd co-hosted with Aaron Dickens. And I wrote him back and I said, yeah, I'm like Ray Perkins following Bear Bryant. You know, just <laughs> you don't want to be the guy after the guy, but that's what I am right now. So, of course, Chris did a great job and really, really fashioned something. Um, you know, when he and Geo started Tech Talk 17 years ago, there wasn't anything. There were some other sports talk shows that there was nobody else really doing it. At the, in the way that it's sort of done now and, and what sprang forth from all that is things like what you're doing now. And, um, so I, I guess now I'm for the last 48 hours, I'm, I've been the, uh, <laughs> co-host of tech talk. And, uh, you know, I, I also have another paying job at CSI Lubbock, which is a data cabling company. And so, yeah, I do wear a lot of hats. You get a lot More going than, on. Probably uh... too many, probably too yeah. many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, That's great. Yeah, it's really hard to
0: follow. Level's a great guy, Um, has been a prominent voice here in Lubbock. I know you're very familiar with that. People who listen to the podcast are very familiar with that. Um, You'll do fine. You have to, of course, (laughs) stay in it for 17 years to be considered okay. (laughs) But it is what it is. Um, But let's let's talk about the College Baseball Foundation. Uh, To the regret of many, I'm sure, this is either you're aware of it or you're not. And I think that we have a really cool opportunity on this podcast to allow one of the heavy hitters of advocacy (laughs) – to talk a little bit about it, so could you tell us about your experience on moving on from college and kind of eventually stepping into this role? And was about two thousand five, two thousand six? Like, how did you get there?
1: Yeah, was the oh four was the year, and there was five of us in the original board members. And and really, where it, where it sprang forth from was was you know the old Tech hecklers, just our baseball fan group back in the day that that slowly went from just sitting up there and you know ragging on the other team and cheering on Red Raider Baseball, which I had kind of fallen back in with those guys once we moved back to town. But slowly we sort of became more advocates. And part of that is just you sort of age out of being able to yell at college kids and do that. You know, at some point you're just too old for that (laughs) sort of stuff. But somewhere in there we had noticed – well, I can tell you when it was. In about 2002 we noticed that uh, the city of Wichita had just created the first – College Baseball Position Award, sort of akin to like the, you know, football people would recognize the Fred Molitnikoff Award because Crabtree won it a couple times, you know, back in the day and all those position awards that have names. Well, the very first one of those position awards that was created in baseball was in the city of Wichita and actually created it called the Johnny Bench Award. It's now called the Buster Posey Award. It was given to the top catcher. And so myself, there was five of us, but um, all of us with with a connection to tech, by the way, either as alums or connection, Um, one of whom was Chris Sneed. That's a name that's familiar to a lot of folks. Uh, Chris and I were part of that group. And we said in a a little group message, like, we could create something like this. We could do this. And what that ultimately led to was the Birch Wallace Award. And Tech baseball fans, you know, if you're if you if you're in the ballpark and you're familiar with it at all, um, you know, you look up there at the sort of the – it's not really a ring of honor yet at Tech baseball. Hopefully that will happen someday. But the retired numbers hmm. among them, one of them is – if you look up there behind home plate, one of them is Brooks Wallace. Well, Brooks was a good player here in the late 70s, I think 77 to 80. And I think in the end, he was an all-Southwest Conference shortstop at the very end. But he went, played a couple years of pro ball, came back, you know, assistant coach. And I think at the age of 27, 28, married with a a young daughter, got cancer and died. Uh, A a leukemia-type cancer and died. And and so they retired his number. And and we didn't really start out with Brooks as the guy. Like, let's create a Brooks Wallace Award, but it was let's – Let's create a position award, and we sort of led our way to middle infielders, shortstops, Brooks Wallace, neat way to tell the story of a guy that was a good guy, a good player, you know, and to kind of promote Texas Tech within all that, even though that wasn't a primary deal, we couldn't make that the primary thing, and, and, uh, and so after giving that award for a couple of years, we thought, we need to let somebody know at the College Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, that we've got this award, and we realized there wasn't a college baseball hall of fame. And so we thought, well, well let's just create that. And we did, <laughs> and we were, we were naive and, um, I I'm a little naive just in, 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 you know, how deep that this could go. But, um, next thing you know, we were in the midst of a capital campaign and we really pursued that as being something that was going to be built here in Lubbock and had gone so far as to get land donated and a lot of other things. We in, in early 2017 ended up, making the decision to not do that here in Lubbock, but still the, the, our work continues and we are looking for a physical home for the, for the national college of baseball hall of fame. Still, uh, that'll be somewhere, but I'm, uh, you know, we're, we're still, we gave the Brooks Wallace award this week. In fact, uh, you know, so it's, you know, that, that, that now it's now joined by the skip Bertman award and the, National Pitcher of the Year Award and the John Olroot Award, and so we've we've got a lot of a lot of stuff like that going on. And it was, you know, the cool part about it is, and and all of this is available if you want to see this, see who's been inducted in the College Baseball Hall of Fame, all that kind of stuff. You can go to CollegeBaseballHall.org and see all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's the there's the history as it sort of ties back to, to Lubbock and Texas Tech.
0: That's super cool. So from one award you've expanded to five, and I know that that especially for the game of college baseball, it means a lot to have these position awards um, because it's, it's really like at a certain point, like it's really great to go to the postseason, really great to be a part of the World Series. Obviously, that's kind of the pinnacle of achievement for college baseball, but there's a lot to be said about individual athleticism being recognized and being awarded. And sometimes, often, uh, sometimes we can see, I know, especially like in you know football, there's a ton of position awards that sometimes it'll come from teams that you just really don't expect, but there are absolute studs you know, around the country, who give it, who give it their best. Um, speaking of studs, <laughs> when, when you were a student athlete, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> uh, but the word postseason maybe wasn't really a part no. of the common tongue for no. Texas Tech baseball. <laughs> no, no, that's right. Yeah, but since 1993, my year of birth, congratulations, to me. Uh, we've seen a lot more of it, and I think that's hats off to guys like Larry Hayes and you know Coach Chadlock yep. for really maximizing talent out here in Lubbock. And with all of that in mind, everything we talked about your your advancement and you know this is like this love and this passion for baseball, and you're still around it. You know what is it meant for you? As a Texas Tech baseball alum, as a Lubbock guy, to kind of see you know the Double T brand really explode in, in this sphere. I mean, even seeing your own son wear the Double T for really legendary moments in our program's history.
1: Yeah, um, pretty special. And I, and I, I don't I won't speak on behalf of anyone specifically, but I know a lot of guys in and around my age group. And I was a player here from eighty six to eighty nine. And as you said, they really you know they they started. The winning really started in 93 and 94. 95 was the first Southwest Conference championship, the first postseason, you know, NCAA birth. And, and, and it's been, you, you know, it's been pretty good since then. There's been a little down stretch in there, but what you said, the peak coach Hayes and the peak coach Tadlock has been pretty good. But, you know, a lot of guys my age, just a lot of us, you know, especially especially in the way 2014 unfolded that we went from, hey, it looks like this team's going to get back in the NCAA tournament. This is great. You know, Tim Tadlock, second-year guy. And, and Tim was – Tim and I didn't overlap as players. Had he come here straight out of high school, we would have overlapped because he was two years behind me in school. But Tim came – was here as a junior college transfer, so he came right after me. So I had a lot of teammates that were buddy – you know, that were my teammates and his. And, and Tim and I got to be acquainted back then, uh, just in the way that you do when you're out of the program a year or two. So I, I didn't play with him, but we we knew each other way back when. But yeah, it it uh, it it was it was it was great. And it was great to see my old teammates and those guys when when 2014 happened, and suddenly we go from hey, I think we're going to get in the tournament to hey, we're let's go to let's go host the super regional and go to Omaha on the strength of two. <clears throat> two one-to-nothing victories, uh, mm-hmm. and just seeing those guys in the ballpark and just around, and, and just the, the pride, you know, the pride on our faces. You mentioned C- Gary Ashby, of course, I still call him Coach Ashby because I played for him for a year, but we're, we're, you know, he's got a local radio show here that I guest on there a lot and see him around, eat lunch with him and all that stuff. And, and I can remember, get, you know, going and just finding him, and it was nothing but a big hug. From two people that had been around this program for a long time, and Coach Seegers was still living back then at that point, and got to see Texas Tech in Omaha too, and that was great. You know, just it, it, it was uh, it was it was something special, and I'm sure you know lots of programs have had that moment where where something like this has happened that a lot of folks have wanted to happen for a really long time. But to you know, and to get to share that moment with a lot of my old teammates and, and running into them in Omaha because there were so many of those guys that mm-hmm. that we would run it you know that would that sort of dropped everything to get up there and i hadn't seen oh, yeah. them and you know you hadn't seen them in years and here they are and we're all standing in line and over all going, oh my god this is great and and uh just just fantastic um so so happy for those guys so you know the and and now that we've done it four times have been as good as we've been for as long as we have now it's a you know some of that nostalgia and the newness is gone and now it's like hey let's go let's go uh you know, now, now we're all like hungry and wanting to win, you know, and, and just yeah. as a fan base, we're, we're going, wow, we lost in the regionals, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like when hoops, hoops, if hoops ever doesn't go to the sweet 16, we're all going to sit around and go, oh my gosh, what a failure. What's wrong? <laughs> yeah. When I mean, five yeah. years ago, it was, you know, take our breath away excitement. So, yeah good problem funny how have, culture right? changes yeah, yeah, yeah. funny good, how good the culture changes with it bet.
0: um well i was gonna ask but it seems like you've you the the more you talked about it 2014 uh was that really kind of your is that kind of your like seminal memory of texas tech baseball you know getting to the world series you know super regional and then going to the world series like is that when you think texas tech baseball top memories is that the one that kind of is the peak
1: yeah probably is um I mean, and I and I can compartmentalize those type things in a way that I can say, um, you know, I mean, if what what was my best moment as a player or whatever, I was a pretty average Mm. player. So uh, those are kind of different, and they go into their own own little compartment. But just in terms of just seeing you know getting the host that super here at home winning two one to nothing games my son was a bullpen catcher i think you mentioned that earlier in 2014 2016 seeing him like running in, running in with those knuckleheads from the bullpen and diving into the dog pile that's that's about as good as it gets right there
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely uh well, if you are like Gus and you are like me, excitement of Texas Tech baseball can take a toll on your heart year in and year out. Uh, it's time to catch a breath. What better place to disconnect than the, uh, from the business of the world and reconnect with peace in yourself than Broken Bow, Oklahoma? And I know, I know, Oklahoma, what in the world is there to do in Oklahoma? But I promise you... Near the Texarkana border, there's a beautiful slice of heaven where trees grow and the sun turns a beautiful amber in the evening. And our guy, Craig Crawford, has set up a few brilliant locations to rent a cabin and experience it for yourself. And because Craig is a Red Raider through and through, he wants to give you a 25% discount and direct booking with no additional fees. And that's family right there, man. That's family. If you're a more financially adventurous type, he's got plenty to talk your ear off about building, selling, and managing land out that way too. But in either case, give yourself the break you deserve. Email Craig at this address, Craig at VacationTreeLine.com. That's C-R-A-I-G at VacationTreeLine.com. And don't forget to tell him who sent you. So the wheels of change are upon us, Gus. The new Big 12 is in full steam ahead. We are, we know, or at least we're 97% sure because of how you know Lord Network Television has illustrated that Texas and OU will probably be with us until 2025. So with BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston entering the fray next year, that is a whopper of a conference for one or two seasons. My math is terrible. Uh, You've watched enough baseball for a lifetime, and I know that you've probably been thinking about it. How, like, talk about this shakeup. Like, how does the inclusion of these teams affect the way big 12 baseball this hierarchy looks you know are there any storylines you're really interested in is there any like threats to people's positioning and, and all of it like talk about this expansion as you understand it
1: well the the first two years will be really interesting and that that sort of speaks to an assumption there that the that we will in fact have texas and ou um overlap and you know, overlap with the new teams that are coming in. It sounds like we will. I mean, just the talk right now. But, um, um yeah, that's, you know, I, I would assume that the best position teams to come in and compete, of course, BYU, it looks like, is going through a coaching transition. Um, hmm. I, you know, I, I wouldn't under undersell Cincinnati at all, but they're going to deal with the uh, northern challenges uh, you know, in, in a similar way to Kansas, the Kansas schools and West Virginia, that'll, that'll you know, that, that mean they won't be good. I mean, the, <laughs> you know, Ian Hap, Kevin Uclis are a couple of guys that have come out of that program in the last 20 years or so and been really, really, really good players. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not all bad, but I, I would imagine that UCF and Houston are going to be the ones that will jump into this league and be, you know, be, be in that conversation, I would think, pretty quickly. Um, both have weather, both have facilities, both have recruiting, right, recruiting, um, you know, and I, and I think just from a – it sounds like just in very general terms, and this isn't specific to tech football, but just sort of the the story regarding U of H and Houston is just that by letting them back in, we're, we're letting them gain some traction that they haven't had. One of the things that's sort of been used against them over the last 20 or so years, 25 years, whatever, is – you know, that it, that they weren't in a Power Five conference. Well, now they're getting back in. And so, you know, will they be able to keep more Houston kids at home knowing they're going to get to play in a Power Five scenario? Who knows? But, uh, you know, the Houston baseball program is, has, has some history. And, uh, you know, they've got facilities. They've got all those kind of things you'd want. And so I would imagine that that's going to be somebody we'll be recruiting against soon.
0: In that, in that scenario, what do you think triumphs, the recency bias or, you know, the hometown feel? Because it's so weird in the recruiting world, especially with the diversity of athletes, you know, everybody's different. So when you're trying to recruit, there's like, you know, 20 good uh, pitchers coming out of Houston, maybe you're like, okay, how do I get this kid interested in Lubbock, Texas? Well, it's great for Tadlock, who, first of all, is an excellent recruiter, you know, through and through. But also with Lubbock, uh, with Texas Tech, the brand being very associated with the World Series in the past, you know, uh, five, seven years. You know, what, where's where's Tadlock's strength really sit at with kids like that when we open up uh, Houston to the power five, to the, like the designation of being power five?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're we're hoping that, I mean, we I think we certainly look at, at Tim and, and, you know, and, I, and Tim and, it's hard to it's hard to really separate. I mean, I think what you're asking is really the the tadlock regime, the the recruiters yeah, yeah. really being, you know, J-Bob's I, I think sort of leads that effort, but, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, it, it, you know, Gardner's part of that picture, obviously, and and all of them are involved in it. But you know that, and, and we've had some impact guys out of Houston, and so, you know, most yeah. recently Shutter. Uh, Dushak, Drew Baker, um, and I'm you know I, I didn't really think that through beforehand. but just right off the top, the three impact guys right right there, and uh, mm-hmm. you know how, how much I don't I don't know which of those guys had came down to Texas Tech and Houston and all, but that that could be you know if somebody wants to play a little bit closer home, it could be a challenge, and so uh, you know those guys' ability to to. Comp- to continue to recruit is going to be a key to competing and that's there's nothing earth shaking about that information right there and i think <laughs> i think the, you know i think the, what we're seeing right now you go out there and there's steel steel getting erected in the last week out of the ballpark out in the left field corner which that's been a construction site all spring and now it's now it really looks like a construction site because there's steel going up and all that and this i think around this time next year that ball that stuff will be finished and it's it's all new player development, locker room, all the stuff that, you know, that, that you got to have now. And, and, and I think about it in the in the context of 20 years ago in 2002, that facility out in the left field corner was new. And it was, we, you know, guys that played when I played were like, man, this is so sweet. They've got a indoor <laughs> batting cages right off the locker room and training rooms right there. You know, and, and the abs, you know, just stuff we did not have in the late 80s we were sharing the track locker room. In fact, over behind the track, like we had to walk back around to the, to, to, to the track. I mean, we, there was nothing wow. connected. I, uh, one of my favorite stories to tell guys like you, um, at, at your age, you know, who, who this will sound prehistoric to you, but in the, in the late eighties, and I don't, this is probably 19. I have it in my mind. That it was 1988, my junior year, but, I, I, and this happened all the time. It happened all the time. But I stood in line to use the restroom, like, with fans. I you mean, know, that was just how it worked. <laughs> I made the, you know, if I made the last out of the fourth inning and needed to use the restroom, came in off the field the next time and ran around clicking clicking my spikes around to the thing, and then a couple fans saw me in line and went, hey, man, let Gus in there. There's a player back here. And they let me up to the front. I used the restroom. I'm running out. They're patting me on the back. Go get him. And there's there was the restroom scenario in the late 80s. And oh, so, Lord. yeah, you know, and, it, and we were glad to have it. I mean, we, we you know, we didn't know any better. We thought it was pretty good. But uh, and so <laughs> and so what they had in 2002 was really good to us. And now it, that suddenly looks dated and it's obviously getting getting, you know, reconstructed, if you will, and completely redone. 20 years later and 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 it's got to be done because you know you Mm. that you know how this facility stuff is just as a fan of college sports it's it's never ending there are times that you you know like basketball right now doesn't need a whole lot because the womble's brand new and we've got an arena that's pretty good but i'm sure in five or ten years they're going to come up with something they go hey the teams we're recruiting against have this and we need something like this if it's getting used against us or if we're butting heads with teams on the recruiting trail that have something and so you know to to me this is just pulling us back into a sort of a par scenario of facilities wise and then you know what's next is some consideration to whatever they need to do to the ballpark whether that you know how much does that factor into a player player's decision to come here I don't know but You know, if if nothing else, maybe it's just more of an indication of hey, we're still committed to baseball and everything. Where you got a coach with a lifetime contract, you got a brand new player development deal out in left field, and you know, hopefully some some plans for improvements and upgrades around the ballpark, and then you're then you're set, then you're set to compete again for a while, hopefully.
0: Yeah, for a while, I think is the really big asterisk there. It's it's crazy how. Facilities. I mean, facilities have always been a part of the equation, but I think that they've really become a lot bigger slice of the pie in the past 10 years. I would say you're hearing more and more about, and the big thing for me, when I was an undergrad was, you know, Oh, we got the big TV in the football stadium, Like we got the big yeah. old TV. I remember when they first established it, I thought that was the coolest thing. Of course, if you're a player, man, you're like, Oh, I could look up and see myself running downfield. Like that's unbelievable. Well then of course, you know, Texas A&M comes out, we got the biggest TV, you know, not about a year and a half later or whatever it was, and it was marginally bigger. And I'm just like, right, wow, is it that petty? And, it, you know, in a, in a certain sense, I think it is because you got to, you got to, you got to out recruit in every facet of the game these days. And so it, I do drive past that. Uh, every day I work at tech, I drive right past that construction and every day. It's a little bit a little bit more developed, a little bit more, you know, a little bit more intricate. And I'm like, you know, I cannot wait. I remember, you know, my first Tech baseball game felt barren. I'm sure to you, it looked amazing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of a low. This is kind of low key. Uh, this is kind of a dump. And uh, you know, it's just gotten better and better as the years have gone on. So, as a Tech fan, you just you love to see it. Oh yeah. You absolutely love to see it. But there's, I mean, boy, there's a lot that's going to be going on. That is for sure. But I think at base level Texas Tech fans, you can feel good with coach Tadlock. And like Gus was saying, the entire staff around him is fantastic. Um, Mike, thanks so much for spending a little bit of time with us, but this is tortillas and takes and the takes doesn't stand for takeoff. No, we are (laughs) going to be doing a series of quick hit questions where the only rule is you can say what you want, but you cannot defend your answer. You ready?
1: Wait, Oh, I can't defend my answer. So what do you mean? Just just
0: (laughs) say whatever you want.
1: Okay. All right. I, you okay. cannot
0: tell me why you picked it. I don't care. Oh, okay. I got it. I don't
1: have, I'm not obligated to tell you why.
0: You're, You're not obligated to tell okay. me why. If, I'm not going to press. If you.
1: I do, that's okay. I will but, cut and, you yeah. off. Okay.
0: No, I'll cut you off. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, okay. It. Nobody right. wants got to it, hear got it. It. Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. got it. We're putting a period on your Perfect. answers. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Are you, are you okay? Uh, here we go. Bigger baseball legend: Babe Ruth or Joe DiMaggio? Babe Ruth. What is the best place to eat in Lubbock any given night?
1: My answer for me personally is uh, Rudy's Barbecue. How's that?
0: Okay. Period. That's right. (laughs) What is the worst college town in the Big 12? Oh, my gosh. Um,
1: (laughs) Worst college town. I'd think about that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe... That's a good question. I, that's had I hadn't thought about it in the worst. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think about the ones. That, you know, I'm tempted to say TCU, like yeah. Fort Worth. Not Fort Worth's great, but there's so much more to to the Fort. You know, is that is that does it? Gus, have a, what are you doing right now? Yeah, I know I'm explaining. You're, explaining right? you're trying to explain yourself into an I answer. Know. You got to just pick one. So I've got uh, Fort Worth.
0: Who has the most annoying fan base in Major League Baseball?
1: <laughs> that's awesome um Chicago Cubs
0: okay you get to make one renovation to Dan Lawfield money is not an obstacle what is it
1: mm. one renovation I mean so it could be any money is no yeah, obstacle. it could be yeah uh, what you can put you in can a be- trash can you can put in a gigantor I could, tv I don't I care I can scrape it all and start over I mean I can do all of you that you could um to keep it simple i will say another level of sweets and stadium club spaces
0: nice and finally the most important question corn or flour tortillas
1: uh probably flour
0: that is big man gus everybody (laughs) it's been a pleasure and we are still rolling strong with interviews in the void of the off season uh gus where can they reach you on twitter uh
1: at gus 26 gus 26 yeah which tells you how long ago I got on Twitter that I was able to get Gus twenty six without needing dashes and underscores and all that kind of stuff, right?
0: The the OG. What is the twenty six
1: stamp? Is that, yeah, was my, that your play number? My number at Tech. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. Very
0: important. Uh, well, keep an ear to the ground, everybody, because we have more cool guests across the sport spect- sport spectrum chiming in. Uh, for Gus, this is Jeremy. You have been listening to the official podcast of Red Raider Sports, part of the ten twelve network. That's tortillas and takes. Stay wrecked, people. Sports social podcast network.